welcome to the Sullivan County Democrat Podcast's Weekly News Review, brought to you by the Kitchen Table Cafe in Calico, New York. Head down to their Lower Main Street location and see what kind of great in-house baked goods they're cooking up, and check out their Instagram for any specials or for what they might be cooking up during their Tuesday dinners. I'm Managing Editor Joe Abraham, and here are this week's top stories. Elected officials and local union workers from Orange and Sullivan counties gathered in front of the Galleria at Crystal Run Mall in Middletown last Thursday morning. They were there to urge New York State policymakers to allocate the necessary funds to make the conversion of State Route 17 to Interstate 86 a reality. Maureen Hallahan, CEO slash president of the Orange County Partnership for Economic Development, said that this needs to be part of the, quote, new five-year New York State transportation Transportation Department Capital Plan. In her 2022 State of the State Address, Governor Kathy Hochul said that she would accelerate the conversion of Route 17 to I-86 in Orange and Sullivan counties. The Department of Transportation Environmental Impact Study would need to be completed and should commence this year before any shovels hit the ground. So far, projects have already been completed that will aid in the conversion, like reconstructing the interchange at Exit 131, where Route 17 meets Interstate 87. More locally, the reconstruction of exits 122 and 125 will help meet the interstate standards and aid in the increased traffic from Legoland. The coalition, 17486, is comprised of economic development and tourism groups, construction trades, environmental, business, and health companies who want the long-awaited I-86 to happen. With new tourist sites such as Legoland Park in Goshen, as well as the Cartwright Resort and Indoor Water Park and Resorts World Catskills Casino, both in the town of Thompson, traffic and tourists have increased in the area. The coalition says the need for this expanded infrastructure is even greater. While talks of expanded State Route 17 have been ongoing for over 20 years, State Senator Mike Martucci said it's different this time around. He added, quote, There have been an unprecedented federal commitment that has been made Our time is now. The groundwork has been laid by the men and women of union labor who are ready to get this done with us. Town of Thompson Supervisor Bill Reber Jr. said, quote, We now have a a once-in-a-generation opportunity to take on a project of this size and cement Orange and Sullivan County as the economic epicenter of the Hudson Valley. I think we're far better off with a highway system that will meet today's and tomorrow's demands, enable commerce, and bring visitors to the region and back home safely and efficiently. Mark Bias, CEO of the President of the Sullivan County Partnership for Economic Development, recalled that the project was ramping up again in early 2020, but the COVID pandemic diverted plans. However, the pandemic also shifted where and how people work, with many opting to work from home and travel to New York City or other parts of New York State when needed. He added that, quote, this corridor becomes ever more important for us to be successful at attracting investment in the county. The time is now. Let's build it today. Remaining on the topic of state plans, it's budget season in Albany, and the state branches of government are negotiating the terms of the final budget with an April 1st deadline. Earlier this week, New York State Assemblywoman Aileen Gunther announced that the state assembly's budget proposal currently, quote, includes language and funding to keep the Monticello New York State Department of Health field office open and operating. This is opposed to its planned move to Middletown, which the Democrat reported on in January. The proposed relocation of the district office has drawn the ire of local and elected officials, as well as several members of the community. Gunther and New York State Senator Mike Martucci held a joint press conference at the Government Center in Monticello on February 22nd, standing side by side with local officials urging the DOH to reconsider the move. 
Gunther received a call shortly after, notifying her that DOH would stay through at least this summer. They were originally slated to move this spring. As for the assembly budget proposal, Gunther called it, quote, a huge win for our community. I'm so proud of the way they've come together to make its voice heard. Gunther said she made it a priority to get the language keeping the DOH in Monticello into the assembly budget and said she has also explained the importance of the office remaining in the county to the governor personally. She said she hopes her peers in the state Senate will lobby for a similar appropriation in their budget proposal. Following their amendments to the governor's executive budget, both the Assembly and State Senate recently passed resolutions in support of their own package of budget bills. More amendments are to be expected before the Assembly and State Senate vote on whether or not to approve the final budget before the April 1st deadline. Now it's negotiations, lots of prayers, and advocacy from the people that live in Sullivan County, said Gunther, regarding the fact that we all want it to stay in Sullivan County. She urged citizens to continue to make calls advocating for the DOH office to stay here and thanked her colleagues in the Assembly for recognizing how important the matter is. She added, I'm hopeful that the Senate and Governor will agree that this is the best way to move forward. Shifting over to some local political news, voters in the village of Monticello made their voices heard on Tuesday when they went to the polls at the Ted Strobel Recreation Center to decide on two village trustee seats and the position of village justice. Incumbent trustee Rochelle Massey was re-elected with 513 votes, followed by former Mayor Gordon Jenkins with 502 votes. Former Parks and Recreation Director, Athletic Coach Michael Greco received 198 votes, and incumbent trustee Charles Sabatino received 182 votes. Jenkins' victory represents a political comeback as it marks his return to public office after being removed as mayor in 2015 by the Supreme Court Appellate Division. Jenkins said, quote, I'm obligated to be a part of this community and make it better. I want to be in that hot seat, and I want people to point out what I did and what I didn't do. As reported in the Democrat last week, the Town of Thompson Democratic Committee had endorsed Greco and Sabatino. Massey and Jenkins both won a primary challenge back in January to claim the Democratic Party line before ultimately going on to win the election. Massey and Jenkins had run on the Democratic and G-Men party lines while Greco and Sabatino ran on the Republican and People's Choice party lines. As for the race for Village Justice, two former mayors were going head-to-head -head in the race to fill the vacancy of Village Justice from the retirement of Justice Josephine Finn. According to unofficial results, Doug Solomon won with 395 votes while running on the Democratic and People's Choice party lines. Gary Somers earned 240 votes while running on the Republican party line. Solomon was appointed as mayor after Jenkins in 2015 and served until 2018 before resigning to take the role as chief of police in the city of Newburgh. Solomon has also served as police chief in the village of Monticello and the city of Beacon. Heading out to the west side of the county, there has been some concerns over local wildlife. Last week, wild boars were sighted in Equinunk, PA, across the river from Hankins. And on Tuesday, the Upper Delaware Ambulance Corps crew got an up-close and personal view of a five-foot-long boar as he bolted across Route 97 in front of them. The ambulance was traveling southbound on Route 97, just a quarter mile past the former Delaware Valley School, when the accident occurred at 7.35 p.m. It was weird, one of the ambulance corps members said, as crew members worked fast to move supplies from the disabled ambulance to a backup ambulance. He came off the hill and was right in front of us. He was that big, the driver said, holding both arms outstretched as far as they could reach. The crew members stopped and looked over the guardrails towards the Delaware River to see if the boar was there, but darkness and rain prevented any sightings. They then pulled the damaged vehicle up to a flat part of Route 97 and waited for their backup to arrive. 
Claudia Clark and her husband Scott were driving up the road in Delaware Ridge Estates in Calicoon on Tuesday evening when they saw something cross the street. It didn't look like a deer, Claudia said. We put on our our brights on and saw it was a pig, a huge one. Claudia phoned a neighbor to alert her of the sighting and then texted a friend to ask if any pigs had escaped from any local farms. The next day, the friend sent Claudia the article from Tuesday's Democrat about wild boars in Equinox. I knew it, Claudia said. People should keep their eyes open for more of them. That concludes today's podcast. Check out the Democrats' front page today and our website, scdemocratonline.com, for a couple articles detailing a lawsuit between Lost Lakes and the town of Forestburg. You can also learn of the new owners of Delaware Farm and Garden in Calicoon, New York, and check out our sports section as our latest winter all-stars were announced. All-star announcements will continue in future sports editions. Just as a reminder, this podcast was brought to you by the Kitchen Table Cafe in Calicoon, New York. And until next time, we hope everyone has a great weekend and enjoys what looks like the start of some warmer spring-like weather.